All right, good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? The rain, I was like, oh, it's raining. Nobody's going to come. I'll be all alone. I'm just kidding. Uh, yes, my name is Josh. I'm the youth pastor here at City Church. So I want to make sure that you know two things. So number one, Clayton will be back. I promise. Okay, last week you saw Jacob, and this week you're going to see me. And next week you're going to see Fred. So I promise you're at the right church. You're at City. Clayton will be back in the ripped jeans and the muscles will be back on stage very soon. Don't worry. But number two, I want to make sure you know that kind of during the message today, like you may hear a bit of a tick or a longer pause, or a bit of a stutter, because I have stuttered my entire life. I have stuttered from the day I can remember. So I've researched stuttering, and I've said, hey, there's got to be some kind of cure. There's got to be some kind of like either medicine or some kind of pill I can take. Don't worry. I have searched the world, and there is no known cure for stuttering. 75% of the uh, fear of people is public speaking. 75%. Three out of four people say, what's your biggest fear? And it's public speaking. But for a stutterer, it's four out of four. It's 100% of us are afraid to talk in front of people. But just be aware so you don't lose your train of thought or your tracking or anything that I do stutter. So just be aware of that. So we have been going through the book of Colossians as, as a church with this theme, Christ Supreme is the theme. We're talking about how we follow Jesus, that he is supreme over all creation, that he's created everything we've seen, that how we can have a gospel-centered marriage and a gospel-centered husband. All right, husbands, right? A gospel-centered wife, how we can parent because we love Jesus. But I want to go ahead and give you the big idea, but first I... I invite you to open up the app so you can follow along, right? So because sometimes you'll think I'm losing my train of thought, but I'm not. So invite the City Church Lubbock app. You can open it up so you can follow along. But here's a big idea for this week. Christ is supreme through a team. So everyone in here, some point in your life, you have been a part of a team, whether that's in grade school or in middle school or high school, or you play intramurals in college, or you have a business and you have teamwork, all that kind of stuff. Some, or all of us, have been a part of a team sometime in our life. So me growing up, I played basketball, right? So I love basketball. It's a big, huge part of my life. I played for Texas Tech. I played for Bobby Knight. I'm still alive, all right? I'm still here. So played for Bobby Knight, got through that, transferred place, some other places. I met my beautiful wife in Canada. She's a 6'3 Russian woman, so hello, I was winning, right? So yeah, so I'm making these babies to play in the NFL and the NBA so I can retire and preach for free. That's why I married her. That's a joke. I'm just kidding. I love her. But so I played basketball my entire life. And speaking of basketball, we're going to have a little debate. But first, I'm going to show you a clip of who I think the greatest basketball player ever to walk the face of the earth. So take a look. 43. Chicago, 17 Come seconds. Come on, y'all. Y'all better get hyped for this. 17 seconds Come on. from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. <laughs> he gets Ryan Russell. Maybe a little bit of push a push off. Look at Maybe who thinks it's a push off. Maybe. And Michael pulls up and buries the shot to give him a one point lead. That may have been. Who knows what will unfold in the next NBA? Watch Jordan's time, left hand here as he gives Russell the push. 
Referee can't see that. Jordan frees himself up for a clean look. The greatest thing about Jordan is he has all. Now, Michael Jordan, I believe, y'all like that clip, right? If you didn't wake up before that, you're like, okay, now I'm ready. You know, 1998 NBA Finals, Jordan. A little bit of a push-off, maybe. Who thought it was a push-off? Raise your hand. Hey, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hands. A little bit of a trick, right? But Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time. Now I have a little debate. If you are a LeBron James fan, raise your hand. All right, so you can go to another church. It's down the street. There's one in the back. There's one. There's a street. They're taking new members down the streets. I'm just kidding. You're welcome here at City Church. You see the sign say, welcome home, Jordan fans. That's what it should say. But anyways, Jordan being one of the greatest players of all time, had scoring championships, all those kind of things. But here's the thing about MJ. He needed fellow workers. He needed teammates to be Michael Jordan. I heard somebody say in a podcast the other day, if they never had drafted Scottie Pippen, or if they never had, if they never had hired Phil Jackson, Jordan would have never been Michael Jordan. He needed those players, he needed those teammates in order to do what he needed to do. So in 1991, they go and win six of eight championships. Now, I really believe it would have been eight championships, but Michael Jordan took a two-year stint in the game of baseball. I don't know why he did that. I was super sad as a kid. I was like, what? Jordan's retiring, so he goes and plays baseball. But I believe it would have been eight straight championships for the Bulls. So he needed Scottie Pippen, and he needed Steve Kerr. He needed Dennis Rodman. He needed Judd Bushler. Some guys you don't even know their names, right, uh, of the Bulls teams. He needed Phil Jackson. So here's what we can learn about this, is everything is better with a team. Everything we do in life is better with a team. So you know we're going to the book of Colossians, right? So Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and he is kind of the father of the New Testament, right? We're like, Paul did this, and we followed this, and this guy did all these amazing things. But here's the thing about Paul. He didn't do ministry alone. He had teammates with him, teammates helping him. So we're going to meet some of Paul's teammates today. So Tychicus is the first teammate. We pick it up in verse 7. He says, Tychicus will give you a full report about how I am getting along. He is a beloved brother and a faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose. Now listen, very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. Now, Tychicus would have been a perfect example of a great teammate. Now, now he had a big job. He had to get this letter to the Colossians. He would have had to travel by foot and by sea. Now, there was no trains or there was no social media or I can't text it to Paul and say, hey, here's the letter. He would have traveled very far distances. He would have had to say, Paul, you can trust me with this letter. Paul, I am going to do what I say I'm going to do now. My wife is really big on that, so I'm working on that as a person. Do what you say you're going to do. He said, Paul, don't worry. I'm going to get this letter to you. So here's what we're going to learn about Tychicus. Great teammates are great servants. He was willing to serve Paul in any way. So I ask you, how are you serving right now? How are you serving your family? If you're a husband, how are you serving your wife? If you're a wife, how are you serving your husband? Kids, how are you serving your parents? 
Ask yourself, because a great teammate, a part of a family, is a great servant. So really think about that. How are you serving somebody right now in your life? Another teammate we're going to meet is Onesimus. So verse 9 says this, I am also sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people. He and Tychicus will give you, will tell you everything that's happening here. Now, Onesimus would have another story. Now, he was a runaway slave. Let's stop right there. So like Clayton has made sure and has made clear that this is not modern day slavery of one race enslaving another, but he would have been a servant of a guy named Philemon. Paul wrote to Philemon as well saying, hey, I am sending you back Onesimus, who is now going to be useful to you because while here in prison, he found Jesus. So now he ran away as a slave and maybe Philemon is very upset with him. But now he's saying, Philemon, don't worry. I am sending him back to you. He is going to be useful. Now, Dennis Rodman. Okay, so Dennis Rodman was kind of this crazy guy. He's got all the crazy purple, you know, hair and the pink hair. He's got all the first player in the NBA to have tattoos. He takes off. He's got like demolition man hair. It's all gold and Basketball players know what I'm talking about, right? He's got all these tattoos, but then he says, oh, he had uh, he's a problem with drugs. He's got mental health issues. So Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and say, hey, give us Dennis Rodman. We will make him useful again. All right, so the Bulls take Dennis Rodman, and they win three more championships with Dennis Rodman averaging 15 rebounds a game. He doesn't score, but he's the greatest defender probably in the history of the game. Shout out to Draymond Green. But probably one of the greatest defenders, and he became very useful despite his past. Here's what we can learn about this. is Great teammates are useful. Great teammates are useful because when you change your heart and when you give your life to Jesus, the past does not matter. The past does not matter because the scriptures teach us in 2 Corinthians, it says this. It says, this means that anyone, that anyone, Dennis Rodman, Josh, Phil, whoever, who, who belongs to Christ has become a new person. This means that anyone, guys, who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life, whatever you have done, whatever you think you have done, it doesn't matter because it's what? It's gone. A new life has begun. So whatever you think that you have done in your life, like Dennis Robin probably think he was washed up and done, but he said, give me one more chance, I can be useful. As soon as you give your heart to Jesus, everything changes about you and for you and through you. And God comes to work in you and changes everything. Same with me, a drunk in the clubs all the time, smoking, drinking, doing all the things that I regret in my life. But as I gave my life to Jesus and everything was made new. He wants the same for you. I should not be in front of you. I should be a dead man. I am a dead man walking because of all the drunk nights I drove home. So trust me, when you give your heart to Jesus, everything is made new. Let's move on. All right, so, so another teammate, it's Aristocris, who is in prison with me, sends his greetings, and so does Mark, Barnabas' cousin. 
as you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Now, Aristocrist has a crazy story as well. He would have actually been side by side with Paul in prison. That's why he's saying, hey, this guy, Aristarchus, is also sending his greetings. As I write this letter, he's probably sitting right beside Paul saying, man, I am going to make Paul's life just like mine. I'm going to do whatever it takes. He maybe could have been out of prison. I'm not sure. But he's saying, I am willing to sacrifice whatever I have in order to follow Jesus. This man is in prison, so I'm going to be as in prison. He is in jail, so I'm going to be. Whatever that is, he was willing to sacrifice. Here's what we can learn. Great teammates are willing to sacrifice. Great teammates are willing to sacrifice. Now, Michael Jordan, scoring champ, 86, 87, 88, 89, averaged 37 points a game at one point in the NBA, y'all. That is like getting buckets. Like, that is like, get out of my way, let me do my thing. Then they hire Phil Jackson, and Phil says, Michael, you must trust your teammates. Now, I don't know if you know the story, but Michael ja uh, Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, shout out to Michael Jackson too, Michael Jordan didn't like the hire of Phil Jackson. He said, I want Phil Collins. Yeah, because Phil Collins gave me the basketball, put the ball in my hand, and said, everybody get the ball to Michael and get out of the way. That was his philosophy. Phil brings in the triangle offense. Everyone has a position. Everyone has a place. You pass the ball, Michael. You cut. Here's where you get your shots. So Michael had to be willing to sacrifice his points per game, and he was happy about that because six championships later, he loves Phil Jackson. In 1998, he says, if Phil Jackson retires, then Michael Jordan is retiring. He said, I will not play for another coach. And that's exactly what happened. Jordan retired because he knew that Phil Jackson was going to be the best coach for him because he made him sacrifice. So great teammates are willing to sacrifice. What are you sacrificing right now to follow Jesus? Ask yourself right now on a daily basis, what is it costing me to follow Christ? For me, it was all my drinking buddies. It was all the guys who I thought were my friends for all the years we spent at Calusos and Chimmy's and The Roof and all of downtown Lubbock and every bar you can think of. Oh, I've got the best friends in the world. I can text them. I can call them. All these kind of things. But as soon as I became the quote-unquote goody two-shoes Jesus follower, all my friendships were down the drain. Ask yourself on a daily, what are you willing to do to follow Jesus? Maybe with your money. All right, so maybe not a vacation, but maybe giving to a missionary. Asking yourself, what am I doing in order to sacrifice my time and all the things to follow Jesus? Ask yourself. Now, John Mark would have been another story. John Mark would have gotten a little bit of a bad rap because he left when things got tough. All right, so it says why Paul says, hey, if Mark comes your way, welcome him because people would have known of Mark's failures. As soon as it got tough, he wanted to go back to mama. He was like, it's too hard, like a hard basketball practice with my players, right? I said, hey, today is going to be tough. It's going to be a hard workout. Sometimes kids show up again. Sometimes they don't. I'm like, all right, I understand that it's difficult. So Mark actually left, but when he left, he made things right. 
He said, although I have done something wrong, although I may have done something like this, please give me another chance, Paul. So Paul's saying, I'm instructing you. If Mark comes back to you, you better welcome him. Do not talk about his failures. Do not tell him what he has done. I have forgotten it. You need to forget it. So here's what we can learn about Mark. Great teammates get second chances. Great teammates get second chances because some of you have somebody in your life right now that you're unwilling to give a second chance to. Saying, oh, that person has done this. Oh, that person has done that. I understand that. I've got people in my life that it's hard to give a second chance to. But remember, it's one body, Jesus followers, and that's who we are. So great teammates get second chance. So another teammate we're going to meet is Justice. So Jesus, the one they call Justice, also sends his greetings. These are the only Jewish believers among my coworkers. They are working with me here for the kingdom of God and what a great comfort they have been. So this is not Jesus of Nazareth. Obviously, he would have been a Roman Jew who would have believed Paul's message. Right? So we'll call him Justice. It's not Jesus of Nazareth, but his name means righteous. So he would have been somebody that says, I have heard the message from Paul, although I am a Jew, Although I believe in something completely different, I heard Paul's message and I believe that Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah. So he was willing to be there for Paul and Paul says, what a comfort it has been that somebody who maybe I wouldn't have thought is going to believe the message, he believed it. And he's with me. He's Jewish, which means that he believes a whole nother set of customs. All right, the Jews killed Jesus of Nazareth because they were like, this man is proclaiming to be God. There is only one God, and he is saying that he is God. Mm -hmm. So Paul is saying that John Mark, sorry, that Justice was willing to do anything it took. And that brought comfort. Here's what we can learn about this. is great teammates comfort each other. Great teammates are going to bring comfort in your life. They're not going to bring strife or negativity or any of the things that some people in your life might be bringing. Great teammates in a family of a husband and a wife and children or anybody are going to bring comfort to one another. I can trust this person. It's a real big thing in my family. Can you be trusted? I am working on it day in and day out to be the husband that can be trusted for my wife because I want to bring her comfort, not stress. So great teammates are going to bring comfort to each other. So one final teammate that we've met before is Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays for you. The word there is agonizing. He's actually agonizing, praying earnestly for you, asking God. It means humbly on his knees, asking God to make you strong and perfect and fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. He says, I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in, the, in, in Laodicea and Hierapolis. So it's saying that... A, that Epaphras is a current pastor in Colossae. 
And he's saying that I am praying day and night for the church. He is agonizing over what he wants for the church. He wants them to know the whole will of God. Day and night, there's a group that prays for us as a church, right? It's our prayer team. Praying for us in another room right now so that God can speak through me because I stutter. So that God can speak through me so he can move in our hearts, not your heart. I'm not looking down on you because I'm up here with the microphone. Speak through us so he can move in our hearts so we can know the full will of God for our life. Praying for us day and night because we want the best for you as a church, the best for your family, the best for our community. So he is saying, I am on my hands and knees asking God to make it known to you that this is his will to build one of us. Here's what we're going to learn about this is great teammates build each other up. Great teammates build each other up. Who in your life this week is on your mind right now? I need to pray for this person. Speak to them, text them, whatever it is, who can you build up this week? Who can you actually say, here is what I've been thinking for you? All right, now don't be the weird person, say I've got a word from the Lord for you. And no, don't be that person. But if it is, then yes, build them up. Text them, say, hey, I've been thinking about you. I'm so sorry that I haven't been in touch with you. I apologize for my actions. We need to take responsibility for reaching out to other people. Build the community of believers up. Text somebody, call somebody. I know we're all on our phones all the time, so take five seconds out of scrolling on Instagram and text your friend, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, I'm thinking about you. Hey, just want to let you know, man, that I'm in here for you. I am just as guilty as you of not reaching out to people. I've got a friend on my mind right now who I haven't reached out to in months, and that's my fault. So as soon as this message is over, I'm going to go text him and say, hey, man, I was doing this, and you came in my heart, so I just want to let you know that I apologize for not texting, and please, let's get some coffee soon. Great teammates build each other up. So you see... Every person in here has a position on God's team. Every person in here has some place, some capacity in the kingdom of God. All right, now I was a football player growing up. Now, maybe may a little shock, right? But I actually liked football more than I liked basketball, right? And I was growing up and being all kinds of players. So in seventh grade, shout out to Coach Bibbins at Evans Junior High. He asked me to be the quarterback of a seventh grade football team, but here's a little funny story for you, right? So I actually can't be the quarterback because what does the quarterback have to do? Talk. So therefore, Josh Washington can't, can't, can't be the quarterback, right? It had been impossible for me. All right, so my dad may be the quarterback of the junkyard dogs when we were playing football, and I was the quarterback. So and the guy would bring the play in, he would call the play and we would say, ready, break. I had nothing to do with that because I couldn't say a word. My stutter was terrible growing up. So I was like, somebody else has to call the play. All right. And so then we get to the line and instead of saying down, set, hut, we just had a silent hut. Just, I push him and he hikes me the ball because there's no way I could be like, 
Oh my God, it would have been a disaster. So therefore, I couldn't play quarterback. I said, Coach Bibbins, don't you know that I stutter? Don't you know that I can't play quarterback? He says, oh yeah. So therefore, he says, well, we'll play you at wide receiver. So therefore, I grew up playing wide receiver for my junior high team, my high school team. I ended up being pretty good. So I had a position on that team. Instead of being the quarterback, I was a wide receiver. In junior high, we had good teams. Shout out to Jamal Hamilton and Kevin Anderson and Art Tennyson and all these players. Shout out to Coach Rankin, right, to Coach Morton. These guys are my coaches, knowing that I had a position as a wide receiver, and we had a pretty good year my senior year. But if I would have been the quarterback, maybe none of that would have happened. You have a specific role in God's church. You have somewhere where God is calling your heart. He's calling you to say, hey, where can you find your place here? It's not just on Sunday mornings from 930 to 1045. Your place in God's church is way more than, than preaching or than in worship or than in a service. God is calling you somewhere. Now, back to the reason I couldn't play quarterback, right? So I had a speech therapist. Growing up in seventh grade and eighth grade and ninth grade, she used to sit with me in a classroom as I tried to read all kinds of stories, because that was speech therapy, right? Breathe, five, four, three, two, say the sentence. All right, so I grew up in my mind saying, hey, how can I get through all of this stuff? So she walks with me all through junior high. So when I get to high school, I'm like, oh, I'm too good. I've got this all under control. I don't need a speech therapist anymore. So she comes to my room the first year of my sophomore year, the first day of my sophomore year. Uh, she says, Josh, you ready? And I say, no, 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 I'm done. I'm done with speech therapy. I don't need that anymore. I'm good. So I'm pretty sure I was mean to her. I'm pretty sure I was nasty to her saying, ah, get away, I'm, I'm embarrassed. And from that moment on, I tried to do speech therapy on my own, maybe some breathing techniques. But man, all through college, all through adulthood, I wish I would have stayed in speech therapy. I wish I would have said, hey, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to say someone is going to help me get through these interviews in college. I've shared before, I used to have a good game in college. Right, right, I'd score points and I would do this and I'd be like, please don't do me do an interview. Please don't ask me to do an interview. Please, I know I'll score 35 points, but please don't ask me to do an interview. Please ask somebody else, the guy that scored two points, ask him, right? I'm just kidding, that's a joke. All right, so anyway, so, tough crowd. So, I don't wanna do the interviews because I'm gonna st 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 stutter through them. And I was so nervous all the time, but I know that if I would have stayed in speech therapy, maybe she could have helped me. Hey, Josh, remember this. Hey, Josh, do this. Here's the point of this. We all need the body. We all need the body of Christ. We all need his church, because some of us have said, hey, I got this. I can follow Jesus on my own. I can watch my phone. I can watch 15 sermons a week. And I can go through this, I can go through social media and read TikTok clips and all this kind of stuff and watch shorts on YouTube. I don't need the church anymore. We all need the body of Christ. And now, I'm not a foot person, right? Don't like feet very much. It just depends, my wife's feet, I like them. But, you know, we all, foot, but if, 
if I cut off my toe, my toe is going to die, all right? Then if my foot has a missing toe, eventually the foot is going to start to get bacteria and get infected and all that. Your role in God's church is to stay connected. Your role in God's church is to say, hey, this is where I belong Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights, and city nights. Somewhere in God's church, you have a place. We see this happen in teammates, right? So Acts is a great place, and it says this. It says, and all the believers met together in one place, God's house, and shared everything they had. They sold their property. Great teammates are willing to sacrifice and possessions and share their money with those in need. Great teammates comfort each other. They worship together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Great teammates are willing to sacrifice a grin. Again, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, not each and every other day or every week, each day the Lord added to their fellowship of those who were being saved. Each day, the Lord added to the fellowship of those who were being saved. Now back to Michael Jordan, right? I really believe he's the greatest player. We could have a debate all day long. Is it Kobe? Is it LeBron? Is it the new, the new players coming up? But I believe that he's the greatest player. I could tell you everything about Michael Jordan. I could tell you size 13 shoe is what he wears. He wore a new pair of shoes literally every single game. He was born on February 17, 1963 in Wilmington, North Carolina. Went to Laney High School. Uh, he likes steak and potatoes before a game. All the cool facts about Jordan I could tell you, but I don't know Michael Jordan. I have never met him before. All right, now I've got a friend. A name is Chris Williams, and he actually got to go to Michael Jordan camp in the ninth grade. I was so jealous. Oh my God, he's gonna get to meet Michael. Oh my God, he's gonna get to meet Michael Jordan. Then he shoves it in my face and calls me from a payphone. <laughs> Literally, I, this is not a joke. This is, I'm still mad. This is not a joke. So calls me, says, hey, today, you know, I saw Michael Jordan and I touched him. I'm like, anyways. So then he brings back a signed Jordan shoe and puts it in his bedroom where I spent the night every single weekend. And I'm like, I'm going to take that shoe from you, bro. I'm going to take that shoe from you and I'm going to run. You know where I live, but we're just going to have to fight every day because I'm going to tap his shoe up here. So he got to meet Michael Jordan. And I'm going to ask you, have you actually met Jesus? Have you actually said, here is what I'm going to do? Instead of knowing a lot about Jesus, have you actually given your heart to him? Given everything, because we can sit in here every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, or whenever you go to church, whether that's online or whatever's going on, ask yourself, have you actually said, Jesus, here is my life. Here is my money. Here is my marriage. Here are my friendships, schoolwork, everything. Ask yourself today, have you said, I'm going to give it all to him? Ask, ask yourself, what am I willing to sacrifice to follow Jesus? Now for me, 
The journey with Jesus has not been easy. The journey following Christ is not going to be easy. I've told you before and for that I've had demonic terrors at night. They still happen. Demons coming in, in my room, all the kind of things, sleepless nights that I went through for years and years and years. But I said, I don't care because I love Jesus more. I love Jesus more than I love being afraid. I love Jesus more than I love the clubbing. I love Jesus more than I love basketball. I love Jesus more than anything in my life. So ask yourself today, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, jump on our app. We say that every week, right? Clayton says it, Brandon says it, whoever's preaching says jump on our app. But we actually wanna know, have you committed your life to Christ? Because the point of this message, right, is teamwork. We wanna know that you've committed your heart to Jesus so somebody can actually follow up with you, text you, say, hey, I saw you gave your life to Christ. What's your next step? So, at, so we're asking you to jump on the app, okay? So not just ignore that statement and say, I'm giving my life to Jesus today. So a number two crowd is this. You said that you have actually followed Jesus and said, hey, I've done this before. I gave my life to Christ when I was 12 or 13 or all this kind of stuff. But maybe, maybe you're just a fan. I'm a huge fan of Michael Jordan, but I never played for the Chicago Bulls. I tried, trust me. I tried to get in the league, but I've never played in the NBA. I've never played for his team. So I am just a fan of Michael Jordan. Are you just a fan of Jesus or are you a real follower? sacrificing things for the kingdom of God, for people that are homeless, for people that are, the world around us, y'all, is falling apart. We need Jesus followers, not fans who say, yeah, I go to church on Sunday and all that. Well, here's how you know you're on the team, is this. Ways you know on the team is this, so you treasure. What do you treasure? Ask yourself every day, what gets you up in the morning? Is it social media followers? Is it your job? Is it how much money you're making? All the things in your life should be centered and focused around Jesus Christ rising from the dead and forgiving the sins of the world, forgiving my sin and your sin and treasuring that in every conversation you have in business transaction, every basketball tournament, everything your kid plays in, sports, treasure, Jeez, now for me, this is always difficult, right? Because I worked at Jarrett Culver basketball camps about three weeks ago. And as soon as I walked in the Jarrett Culver basketball camp, if you don't know who that is, he's from Lubbock, Texas. He plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hopefully going to be traded soon. That may be tampering, sorry. But because the, the Wolves are falling apart, so we need Jarrett somewhere else. But Jarrett Culver basketball camp, in my heart, I always wanted it to be Josh Washington basketball camp. So I have to humble myself. I am serving Jarrett this week. This is not about me or making my name known. This is about making his basketball camp the best it should be because he's in the NBA and it's not me. So I've got to humble myself and I've got to check my heart all the time to be sure that I treasure Jesus more than anything. Secondly, how are you spending your time? How do you spend your time asking what on a daily basis, screen time, what does it say? 
four hours, five hours. I'm just as guilty, right? Screen time says like five. I'm like, oh my God, I was on my phone forever last week, right? Scrolling, we're all guilty of it. But I'm going to encourage you right now to say, how can I serve City Church? If you call City Church your home, we need you like the Bulls needed MJ and MJ needed the Bulls. Somewhere in this church, you can serve kids ministry, youth, worship, media, prayer. Somewhere in this church, you have a role. So I invite you to scan that QR code in front of you or jump on the app like we always say and just connect, see where you feel. We're not gonna put you in kids if you don't like kids. I promise. We're not gonna put you in youth because youth is a bunch of smelly middle school boys right now. Right? I'm with the camp with youth group and it's me and 20 middle school boys in one cabin. By the end of the week, the cabin smelled like a wet dog. I just slept with us all week. Like, we got athlete's foot happening. We got no toilet paper happening. Hey, can you bring me some toilet paper? Because I'm, and I have none. So you're like, here you go. Drop it in, right? Like, I got to know these boys, right? I ain't got no underwear, Josh. Can I borrow some deodorant? I didn't brush my, who's brushed my teeth this morning? And like, no hands go up. I'm like, y'all, what is happening? So we're not going to put you somewhere where your heart's not in it. But we're going to ask you to connect and say, where is your heart? I invite you to last thing. Your talent. God has given every single one of us a talent. God has given you the talent to serve in your community, whether it's a businessman, a coach, a teacher, but ultimately he has given you a talent to serve in God's kingdom, his church. All right, shameless plug for City Church. We want you. We want you to serve in this church somewhere because you have a talent that only you have. There's no one like you. You're the only person that can serve in the way that you're going to. So I invite you to assess your treasure, time, and your talent for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. Father, I thank you that the big idea for us is Christ is supreme through a team. That teamwork, God, and ultimately how we continue to serve you and to love you and to honor you is through first giving our life to you, Jesus, giving our heart to you, our families, our finances, everything we give to you. And secondly, if we have given our life to you, Jesus, asking ourselves, what do I treasure? How do I spend my time praying for what God has given me to serve the kingdom? So Father, I ask right now for anybody listening under the sound of my voice, whether they're watching or they're sitting here or they're listening a year from now, God, that they know that there is no one like them. Jesus died and rose from the dead for them in order to give them a purpose in God's kingdom. Forgiven, useful, sacrificing. Help us find you, Jesus. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.